0: Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook literacy teacher-educator on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time, and this is the Get Literate Podcast, a podcast where we explore the power of reading and writing to cultivate a life we love. Each week, I offer a bit of bibliotherapy and share three books you need to know about on a bookish theme to fuel our reading hearts and help us grow through what we go through. But that's not all. I also invite you to extend those bookish themes into your own life through notebooking, lifelong learning, and creativity to experience the life-changing magic of reading in our lives. And the best part? Each episode is only 20 minutes or less, so you can spend less time listening and more time reading. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Get Literate Podcast. Today, we are talking about a fun topic. Well, a little bit serious, a little bit fun. And I'm here to share three parenting books that are actually disguised as other genres. Now, as a parent to three kids, my oldest is 17, almost 18 years old and my twins are 15, I have indulged in a few parenting books, right? I started with the iconic, What to Expect When You're Expecting. I moved on to all things Dr. Sears and attachment parenting. I moved into those teenage years with lots of books as parenting tools on my side. And now I've been diving into books that help with pandemic parenting and sending your child off to college. Today, I want to share three books that I think every parent should read, but they aren't actually parenting books. They are disguised as other genres. They are disguised as memoirs. They are disguised as more creative memoirs, and they are disguised as middle grade novels. Now, I think we can all learn lessons from every book that we read, but I did not expect necessarily to get parenting lessons and parenting tips from these books, but that's exactly what I did. And now, when I'm asked if I recommend any books for raising children, I'll go to my typical Itonic iconic favorites, but I'm also going to share these books with others who want to boost their parenting skills too. So three books, three parenting books disguised as other genres, and the first one is a memoir. Now this memoir probably is more aligned to a parenting book than others. Um, It's a fairly new book called Where the Children Take Us, by Zane E. Asher. This book is, uh, I don't even know what word to say first, powerful, incredible, unimaginable. (laughs) This book showcases Zane Asher's mother, really. It is her memoir, but it also is a memoir of her mother. And this woman is someone who went through unimaginable loss. The book kicks off, letting us know that her mother received a telephone call, letting her know that both her husband and son were in a horrific car accident. One of them has died, but they're not sure who. Her mother, pregnant at the time, goes to her family, waiting for this devastating news and wondering which person she has loved she has lost. That's how the book kicks off. Right with a bang. The rest of the book takes us through this mother's incredible strength, incredible gifts, and how she parents her children, even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of loss, and how she parents them to rise above all of their circumstances. So it's a memoir, it's a testament to strength. To love, to family, to community. And it is a parenting book for sure. I devoured it in this way. This mother was very creative um, and very, you might say, old school in a very effective way. So, lessons I learned. Well, this mom, when she thought her children were paying too much attention to the TV rather than their studies, actually cut the cable cord. Didn't just take it out of the wall, didn't just hide the television, but actually cut the cord so it would be physically impossible to plug back in. She actually plugged in a pay phone into her home rather than a regular phone so that if her children wanted to spend their time talking with others rather than studying or making themselves into better versions of themselves, well, they would have to pay for it. The one I loved is that she actually took her children places to inspire them. So they would visit colleges long before visiting colleges was something that they were ready to do because she wanted her children to see and hear and feel the possibility of what is and what could be. So that when it was time to take that big leap and apply and actually think about going to these places, it didn't feel big and scary. It was something they had already done, something they were familiar with, something they truly thought was possible. But my favorite parenting tip from this book is this. When she knew her children needed inspiration, they needed inspiration of people who looked like them and sounded like them so that they knew that there was unlimited potential for them too. She ended up taking the mirrors out of the home and plastered the walls with quotes and articles and features of other people doing the same. So whenever something good happened to the members and their community, it went on the wall. Whenever someone did something that previously seemed impossible, going to a certain college, getting a particular award, going places, getting a higher rank job, all of those mementos of that event went on the wall. So they were surrounded with that inspiration. And all of those things, limiting screen time in in very uh, particular ways, Going places and letting her children know what was possible, and then surrounding them with the inspiration and the positivity they needed to know that they could do it too. All of those things ended up raising a whole family full of confident, bright, hardworking, very loved children, even in the midst of that terrible tragedy that started the book off. So, In my review of this book online, I said that it was actually a parenting manifesto described as a memoir with beautiful, striking language. And that's exactly what I think it is. I couldn't help but think about my own life, my own children, the things I do or don't do or don't do yet that could help them go places that maybe they don't even know is possible yet. Maybe I didn't even know it was possible yet. This book gave me a whole different parenting perspective to think about. It's not just the nitty gritty of doing the raising of the kids. It's the dreaming of what might be possible for them. And I absolutely loved this book for that. Now, the second book I want to share is also a memoir, but it's more of a creative memoir. And it certainly is not going to be found on the shelves of a parenting section. This book is textbook Amy Krauss Rosenthal by Amy Krauss Rosenthal. Now, unfortunately, Amy is no longer with us, but her spirit and her amazing writing and philosophy of life lives on forever. This is a very creative memoir. So it is actually written as a textbook, and it is filled with unexpected delights. Pages are written as text messages. There are opportunities for the reader to actually get involved and send texts to a community number that will actually reply back to you, even to this day. I've never seen anything like it and I loved it. Now you might be thinking, how does a book written with text messages and an interactive feature make a great parenting book? Well, it's the message behind this memoir. This book teaches us how to live and how to live well. I kind of joke that it's about everything and nothing all at the same time, reminding us that there is so much out there for us to consider, to do, to be, to enjoy, to savor. And it really helped me see my own life and the purpose of it in a much different way. Amy Krauss Rosenthal pays attention to things that I typically wouldn't pay attention to, is fascinated by things that I let pass me by. And this book reminded me that all of us should, at all times, be open to whatever is happening around us. Be aware of what's going on around us and really savor it, take it in. Connect with others as much as we possibly can. And also things like revel in the rainbows, look for them, find them, enjoy them, write messages on pennies, and then leave those pennies scattered around your hometown for someone to delight in, right? It gives us to think about our past in a different way, but also remind us that we have a limited time to think about our future, and we want to make the best of that limited time. And that's the parenting message I took away. They say that it goes by so quickly. And oh my goodness, yes, it does. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that in the messy middle, but all of a sudden you blink. And those years that you thought would be there have just disappeared. And so the message I took from every single page of this book is that we have to make the most of what we have and we have to 100% enjoy it. That's what I took away from it. And I happened to be reading another book around the same time, Shauna Niequist's. I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. And there was a quote in that book, page 198 to be exact, that instantly made me think about this book. You ready? Okay. Shauna was talking to her son's teacher and was talking about you know, education and what makes teachers good teachers and how you know when to dial up your intensity as a teacher and a student, but also knowing when to dial it back. And here's what she said. The best teachers, she said, are not the ones who arrive at 6 a.m. and leave at 6 p.m. The best teachers are ones who go to museums and take art classes and go to the park and throw parties. Because when you do all that living, you have something to bring to the classroom. And I instantly thought of Amy Krauss Rosenthal because when you do all that living, you have something to bring to your parenting and something to bring to your children. And so this book for me is all about what's truly possible and what we should make sure we're savoring while we have the time. Now, book three that I'm ready to share is definitely. Not a memoir and definitely not a book on the parenting shelves. It is The Benefits of Being an Octopus by Ann Braden. Now, for the record, I adore all things Ann Braden. And in fact, her other book, Flight of the Puffin, I think could also be a little parenting manifesto that we could talk about. And luckily for us, she has a third book coming out very soon that I can't wait to get my hands on. But The Benefits of Being an Octopus is a middle-grade novel, and it follows primarily seventh-grade Zoe. Zoe has a lot going on in her life. She is uh, a busy student. She is a very helpful daughter, helping her single mom, although her mom has a boyfriend, helping her mom raise the two younger siblings while she works so much. And she thinks everything would be easier if she were an octopus, because she'd have eight arms to do eight things at once. What parent can't relate to that? But why do I love this book as a parenting book? Well, I think any middle grade novel and really any YA novel as well could be a parenting book because we are looking at life from a child's perspective. And when you look at life from a child's perspective, Everything changes. We can see what our actions and our words and the things that we do as parents look like and sound like from our children's point of view. Something that's really hard for us to think about. And that's exactly what this book too. This book packed a powerful parenting punch for me. When I got to page 100, let's see, 105. 104, and 105. And what happens is Zoe is overhearing an argument going on in the home between Zoe's mom and Zoe's back, uh, Zoe's mom's boyfriend. And rather than ignore it and maybe move away, she does what many kids might do, which is listen, sneak over and listen. And they're talking about things that, you know, everybody might be talking about, talking about the groceries, talking about the yogurt and all sorts of things. But as she leans in, she realizes that it is an argument. And it's an argument where Lenny, the mom's boyfriend is, is not really being so nice to her mother. And what happens is something that really stopped me in my tracks right? So Zoe's listening to the argument. She's saying, well, you know what? Why don't I just, why don't I just read part of it to you? Ready? Okay. They're talking about yogurt. You could get a pound of ground beef for the price of two of those yogurts. And they're so small. I ate one and it was gone in three bites. I know my mom whispers, but they're healthy and the kids love those yogurts. So you're saying I'm some horrible kid-hating person just because I don't like them? You're always trying to make things into an argument. He unfolds the shirt and starts folding it from the beginning again. She didn't say he hated us, did she? Isn't she just being the competent kind of mom who gets her kids yogurt? I didn't mean it like that. It's just, I want to be able to. You want to be able to tell the kids that it's my fault. They have to eat hamburgers instead of that stupid yogurt. Fine, go ahead. Go wake them up. I bet they'll thank me. His voice. I didn't know a quiet voice could be that piercing. My mom doesn't say anything. Her head is down, and when I look closer, I realize she's crying. Oh, poor baby, Lenny is saying. Turn on the waterworks to see if that'll help. But sorry, you're not going to manipulate me that way. And suddenly I realize it doesn't matter what she actually says to him. He's not gonna take any part of it seriously. My old mom was confident before, but it wasn't enough. Her confidence had been sucked out of her and she's been left bone dry. My mom still doesn't say anything in response. Her chest is heaving, but she's not making a sound. Lenny walks over to my mom like he's gonna console her. He stops right next to her, his nose practically in her ear. If you didn't have me to take care of you, you'd be out on the street and no one cares about a chick on the street. My mom is trying to get a hold of her breathing, like she's trying to say something. Oh, spare me the drama. You always have to have the last word, don't you? Lenny snaps. Well, sorry, I'm not going to stick around for it. You're such a joke. His words ring in my ears, but all I can see is my mom hunched over, trying desperately to calm down enough to say something. When she finally manages to, it comes out as a whisper. I know somewhere inside of me, I feel something crumble. Those two whispered words are too much for me. Oh, I get goosebumps still every time I reread that section. Now there is obviously a lot of family difficulty going on in this situation. But what struck me about this is that kids are learning from us even when we don't know they're watching. The things we say to each other, the things we say to ourselves, those things are not always taught explicitly, but are learned implicitly, right? They are caught and not taught. That was a powerful punch for me. And I'm not saying that you have to be in a, a situation with domestic difficulties, as this one certainly is. But what a reminder of the things that we think are behind closed doors, the things we say to others and the things we say to ourselves, they are learning from, even when we don't know. And that is a parenting punch, in my opinion. Okay, there we go. There were three books, three parenting books disguised as other genres. We have Where the Children Take Us, textbook Amy Krauss Rosenthal, and the benefits of being an octopus. So how do I want you to bring this bookish theme to your own life this week? Here's what I want you to do in whatever book you're reading, find the lesson. We can find lessons wherever we want to and whenever we're looking for them, especially in the books that we are reading. So as you're reading, no matter what the genre is, what's the lesson you can take away? Is it a personal development lesson? Is it a parenting lesson? Is it some other nonfiction fact-based lesson that you can bring to your own life? I want you to see if you can find the lesson in the pages of your book, especially the unexpected ones. I didn't go to these three books expecting to walk away thinking about parenting, but I did. So find the lesson this week. So I would love to know what parenting books you recommend, but especially what parenting books you recommend that might not be parenting books that are disguised as other genres so that I can keep adding to my list of books in this area as well. You know where to find me. You can go to the show notes at alitlife.com. You can find me on all social media platforms at Afanito Lit, or you can send me an email to stephaniaffinito at gmail.com and let me know what titles you'd recommend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at www.alitlife.com. You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate Members community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get a monthly bibliotherapy book calendar with a book recommendation for every day of the month, Bonus episodes, live book club sessions, and much more. Learn more at www.getliterate.co.